Hello, world. You are listening to Townley Money Basics, the podcast that helps you improve your financial knowledge. I am your host, Sean Townley. Welcome to Townley Money Basics, the show that takes this big concept of what we call money and breaks it down into itty-bitty pieces so that I can understand it and hopefully you can too. Today, we're going to talk about kids and money. I think this is very important. A lot of people don't talk to their kids about money. I happen to grow up in a family where we did. But uh, I think kids and family is is very important. And kids observe us and what we do. Expecting them to act differently than us, than what we say, uh, it's not very practical, is it? I mean, if we show them certain ways we're doing things, but I'm getting ahead of myself, I think it's very important to talk about money with kids. And so I'm going to jump right into it. We have probably, you know, kids come in probably lots of different phases. I'm not trying to belittle this. I have a couple of my own, and I've certainly seen them from babies all the way up to young adults. But I think there's basically three categories that I want to talk about from an age perspective, where we would, how we would treat money with them, because I think as soon as they're able to start walking and understanding that they want something, that that's the time to start working with them. So I'm going to talk about this first part with kids that are baby to five years old. Now remember that at this time they are very visual, you know, and, and we want to use like a clear jar, just put a clear jar in their room and we start putting some coins in it, right? And we start talking to them about what is a quarter, what is a nickel, what is a dime, what is a penny? And I think as they do certain things, maybe we, we reward them you know, if they go above and beyond or if they help us with some chores. And I'm going to talk about chores a little bit more a little bit later. But at this age, I don't want to com- complicate working for money, so to speak. I mean, this is just a very visual time where they're starting to see money. They want to grab it. They want to see it. They want to touch it. So let's get that jar out there and start putting some coins in it. That way it's going to help foster some conversations going forward. I think we need to start using cash at this point whenever possible. I know the world's making this much tougher, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic. Most places you go to now, they don't even take cash anymore, which is kind of sad because I think cash is very necessary for learning what money is. If we learn what money is from a piece of plastic perspective, I think it sends us down the wrong path. So you start using cash in certain situations when, when they're with you, right? So, I mean, if they're not with you, It doesn't really apply, but start using cash when possible and have conversations with your child. So, hey, I'm going to buy this item. I'm going to buy this Coke and it's going to cost me this much and show them, show them what's going on. Help them understand, educate them about the transaction so they can see what's going on and start making some mental notes to themselves because they're going to learn from what we do. And if you start talking to them openly about what things cost up front, then I think that's going to be very beneficial for them. And then explain that things cost money. So if you go into a store or if you take them to a place and and when they're able to take stuff off the shelf, start telling them, hey, this is what this cost. And then take them back to that coin jar that we talked about earlier and show them in their own money what it would cost. So if they were to go to that store and they were to be able to pay for that, show them how much that money comes out of the jar. I think they'll be surprised and they'll start making the connection early on visually of what money is and what it's for, how it's how we buy things and later on services. I don't think services are really there yet at this age, but it. I think we want to make it as visual as possible and we want to kind of 
walk them through the process. Now, remember, they're going to kind of do what we do, not what we say necessarily. And this is going to be very important. So be mindful with your very young children as they go on. Now, the next phase is when they're 5 to 12-year-olds. So now we're getting into that elementary school, into that early, maybe even early junior high. Start talking to them about opportunity costs. Talk to them about how if you buy something now, you won't be able to buy something else later, right? So if they want that video game and they're starting to save up their money for it, help them to understand that if they want candy and some other items later on, that they will not be able to do it if they buy a big ticket item. Maybe it's best for them to buy smaller ticket items so they can buy more of it going going on. So this is this gives them a, a fact that money's not unlimited, that we're not just going to go in there and pay for everything they want or that we're just going to pay for everything, period. I mean, they're going to have to have some skin in the game at this point. And I'll get into that. I, so, so chores, I talked about chores a little bit earlier. To me... I'm going to disagree with Dave Ramsey here a little bit, and I know a lot of people love Dave Ramsey, but to me, chores are part of being a family. In other words, if you're going to wash the dishes or take out the trash, I don't think the child should have the choice to be able to say no if you don't pay him for it, right? So a lot of parents will say, okay, well, you just don't get your allowance. Well, that almost gives the child the power to decide whether they need the money or not, whether they're going to do the chore. And in my house, that was not the case, right? So you're going to do the chore because you're part of the family. I did it a little bit different. So for for us, with our children, we gave them a dollar for however old they were every time we got paid. And we put it in their jar. And then that was the way that they were going to start learning how to use money. And then later on, when we took them out to you know, a, a theater, we'd say, hey, we're going to buy, we're going to go to the movies. We're going to buy the Cokes and the popcorn, but any candy is going to be on you. Well, you can imagine what happened when they went up to the counter and saw how expensive candy was. So the next time we took them to uh, Walgreens and showed them how the same candy costs much less. And from that point on, I'll never forget it. My kids said, can we go by, do we have time to go by the Walgreens before we go to the movie theater? Because they knew what their money was worth now and that they were going to have to pay a lot more going forward. Now, if you own a movie theater, I apologize, but I mean, the candy's way expensive and so... You know, people find ways around that. I mean, I know I've gone into a movie theater later. They check everything now. So, you know, I'm not I'm not advocating for this, but it does set the example of what things cost, that the same thing could cost way more money in one place than it does in another. So maybe they should shop around. So I think chores should be done because you're part of a family and that money should be separate at this point. I know I would love to hear your thoughts on that. So if you feel differently about that, certainly reach out to me. I'd love to hear that. And then finally, I think at this age, you can start to talk about impulse buys, right? There's always those things near the register, the candy, the little trinkets, the little chargers, all these kinds of things, the doodads, if you want to call them. And kids want those things, right? They're like, oh, oh, I want that, or I want that lollipop, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to use their money sometimes. And And if it's small, it's probably okay. They need to make sure they have their money with them. They need to understand how to carry their money safely, but also... They need to be able to see what it's like to spend their own money on it because it's interesting what happens when it's your money versus your parents' money, right? It's much easier to spend somebody else's money than it is your own. So I think that's a good conversation to have at this point. But if it is a bigger ticket item, say a video game, I mean, video games can cost $50, $60 in some cases, encourage them to start to maybe put a little space and time between it. So if they're going to, if they're willing to, if they have that money and they're willing to spend it, say, hey, why don't we sleep on that? 
right? For a big ticket item, and I think that's good for adults or anybody of any age. If you have something that's a big ticket item for you, then I, I encourage you not to impulse buy it, and we should be teaching our children that. Hey, why don't we go home and sleep on it? What we find out is that when we step away from the immediate, hey, I want that, it's interesting how those things fade away. Or if you ask them about it the next day, or you know, probably don't ask them about it because you don't want to start the hope, oh, take me, take me down to Best Buy, let me get it. You you find out that when things are out of sight, out of mind, they tend to fade away. So start teaching them those types of habits, especially when they're between that five and twelve year old. As they become teenagers, it's time to step up our game and get a little bit more advanced, right? We want to talk about teaching them to work within their resources, not based on what they see on social media or their friends, right? My daughter happened to go to a high school and there were some kids that their parents could afford to get them brand new cars and they would drive those to high school, right? We bought our daughter an old Honda Accord, very reliable and nothing wrong with it. But uh, what you don't want to do is have them say, oh, well, so-and-so's got this. Why can't I have it? Well, if you're already teaching them about money, they kind of understand how it works at this point. And you tell them, yeah, but they're, you know, maybe they're going to be paying on that or somebody else paid for it for them. We're not going to do that. We're going to start with a car that we can pay cash for so that we don't have any debt going forward and so that you can go to college and we want to make sure we get you a car that's reliable enough to finish high school and go into college, right? So you have reliable transportation and when you get a job, you can decide to buy what you want. And we, we typically buy, for the most part, used cars when we can, unless, you know, we buy something like a Tesla or something that we have to buy brand new, although now you can buy them used. And I highly encourage that maybe you buy something that's one to two years. I'm sorry, I'm going off on a tangent here. The main thing is you don't want kids comparing themselves to social media. Uh, too much on social media is here's the best of what I've got. Here's the best of me always. And when people get bombarded with that, it's like, hey, well, why can't I afford that? Why can't I do that? And we don't want to get them depressed. We want to explain that, hey, we're going to do what we can with our resources. So if we've saved up our money or if we've gotten our side hustles or other jobs or start mowing grass at this point, then we can save up for the things that we feel make us happy, and then we can go forward doing that. Not that I'm saying that things make you happy, but typically teenagers, they're more about stuff than experiences. And I'll talk a little bit about that at a later time. So the other thing is we want to start setting up a bank account. I think it's important to definitely start opening a savings account when they get into high school. And then when they get to their first job, if they start working, then maybe start about a checking account and then walk them through their statements, show them how things work that they put money in the bank and that, and for, for, for my case, I wanted them to start saving 20% right then. So as they start to earn money, and even when we were giving them allowances, even if it was, you know, a dollar for one-year-old, I mean, obviously we weren't doing that. By the time they were seven, eight years old, we would calculate together how much 20% was and we'd put it in that clear jar up until this point. Now, once they have an account, every time they would earn money, we would start to put that 20% into their savings so they could watch it grow and then put the rest into a checking account. And then we could go with them. We didn't necessarily give them their own cards at this point. We could go with them and withdraw money and they could put it in their wallets and start to use it because they're now on a cash-based system. So I think it's important to open up an account for them so they can kind of start seeing how money works with a bank or a credit union in this case. We, we opened accounts with credit unions, but if you already have an account, 
a lot of banks and credit unions will help you open up like a minor account. Or if you can't, then they will help you, you know, set up something when you can tell them this is yours. You set up a second savings or checking account for them, but it's probably in your name until they, they're no longer a minor. So, and once they have that bank account and you're starting to walk them through those statements, and I know most stuff is online, you're not going to get those through the mail anymore, but they can start to see how interest works. They can kind of see how money starts to grow, how compound interest works. So once they are of an age, they can work. And I know that you can start working. There's a lot of things like being a YouTuber. When you can start monetizing, you can start mowing grass before you turn 16. But in a lot of cases, if they wanted to start working, they can start babysitting, they can start house sitting. But when they start getting their first real job, when they get to 16, then, you know, we can talk about now they need to start saving for their own college or trade school. Now, I'm not saying they need to pay for all of it, but you also need to start putting in the idea that, you know, there's scholarships out there. There's things that they can do, community service, where they can earn money for their college or trade school, whatever they decide to do going forward. Or if they're going to be entrepreneurs, they can start saving and investing in their own business, right? So you need to start having those conversations with them. They need to have skin in the game. And if you brought them up through these steps, then you can, they've now visualized money. They kind of get the concept of money. They understand how banks and credit unions are starting to work at the consumer level, at least, maybe not the business level, but they're starting to understand how money works, that you need to earn it to be able to spend it, and then you may need resources going forward. You want to start teaching them maybe at this point when, they, when they're becoming that a working age too, that, that they want to avoid student loans as long as possible. So if they want to go to a good school, you know, they may not need student loans, right? That if they pay their part and the parents agree to pay a certain part and they can get the rest through scholarships, that they can avoid student loans. And, and avoiding student loans means they're avoiding debt going forward. So I think teenagers are perfectly fine with sitting down with them and, and really having these money kind of conversations. I think what's happened in our society is we haven't had these conversations. And so people took on a bunch of student loan debt and then they found out that their degrees weren't worth as much in the market as they were. And it was going to take them decades to pay it off. So you don't want your kids to be in that situation. So sit down, tell them how kind of student loans work and that, you know, how they can avoid those going forward. And then the other thing is apply for scholarships or, you know, or find resources that will help pay for college. I mean, Starbucks will send you to school right now. I mean, if you're a Starbucks employee, they can start working there and start getting some college credit hours now once they get out of high school. So there, there are ways to find maybe employers or scholarships or other, you know, if they're in the band, there may be other kinds of scholarships. Look around and see what kind of money is out there. But, you know, we should be able to avoid student loans at all costs. And then that way, when they do graduate with their undergraduate degree or an associate degree or with their trade, they shouldn't start out in debt. And I think if we've had these conversations with money over all the time as they're, as they're growing up, then they don't need, there's no reason to be able to have that. There's too many different ways right now to educate yourself on paying for your education. I would say avoid credit cards until they're maybe 15 or 16 years old and only if they have a driver's license. Now, why, why am I saying when they have a driver's license? Because I think there needs to be some incentive for that. If they're responsible enough to start learning how to drive a vehicle or start to drive a vehicle legally, you know, when they, after they got their learner's permit because they can go to work and stuff, then I think it's time to start having conversations about credit cards. 
Now, I would stress that credit cards are there just to help you from, you know, in the places you can't use cash and that they should be paid off every time you get a paycheck, right? Anything you're going to put on that card needs to be paid off when you get paid. After the 20%, you know, we're going to continue to save. We're still going to have our savings account. We want to be able to put money in that. But now it's time to start. I mean, credit cards are reality. You know, I went to a baseball game and in Major League Baseball parks now, they don't take cash at all. So, I mean, you're just going to have to get used to that and you're going to have to start teaching your children how to do that. And I really believe that maybe around 15 or 16 is when you start introducing that because they're going to have a gas card. They're going to have to have something to be able to fill up their car going forward. Now, cash will still be around for a while, but as we transition, it's probably time to learn how credit cards work as well. And then teach them about compound interest, right? So compound interest can work for good or for evil, right? Or bad. It's not evil. If they put money in their savings account or if they start investing that money, then compound interest is in their, is their friend. And of course, they're very young now and that money will continue to add up. So teach them about compound interest. But the opposite is also true. So if they do get that credit card and they decide they want to max it out and they're only going to make minimum payments going forward, then they're going to start to see compound interest work against them, right? So you don't want them buying that $60 video game and it end up costing them $200 when it's all said and done because they only want to pay the minimum interest. So teach them about that too. And maybe I should have an old episode on that. And then have, a, have them come up with the ideas. I mean, kids are very smart. They're very imaginative. Have them come up with ways that they can make money going forward. And, and you know, I understand they're full-time students and I'm not suggesting they become small adults, but I think it is it is something where you can start talking about a side hustle or like I said, mowing grass or house sitting or babysitting. There's tons of ways these days for young adults to get certified maybe in CPR or first aid and be able to go out and make a little money on the side. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, maybe a night or two a week and they have a little extra spending cash, make sure they're saving and that they start understanding because when they leave you at 18 or when they go out in the world, if you don't do this with them, they're not gonna have any idea and they're only gonna learn from their friends and if their friends' parents haven't talked to them, you can see where this would spiral out. And I think a lot of the, the wealth gap that's happened today really comes down to this. I think there's people that are educated financially, and then there's those that are not. And, and so they don't understand truly how money works. So they, they know they want money to get things that they want, but they don't know how to hang on to it or make it work for them. All right, in recap, you know, kids and money, very important. I, I know this may, be a, may have been taboo in earlier generations. I feel very strongly that you need to talk to your children about them. I think there's different ways to talk about it at different levels or, or ages that they happen to be at, but they're all very important for them to get the bigger picture going forward so that when you send them out in the world to become productive citizens, they understand how this works. You don't want them learning from their friends or you know their, their spouses-to-be with, with no formal education. It's just not fair. And you don't want to be there to keep writing checks or bailing them out economically in the future. I mean, they should be able to stand on their own. Well, you can reach out to me. Reach out to me at townlytech at gmail.com. Tell me what you think about it. Am I, am I crazy? I mean, should we not talk about money at all with kids? Is it, is it too much? I, I don't think so, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You can find me at Sean Townley on, on LinkedIn and go to my website, seantownley.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Townley Money Basics. Goodbye, world.